Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're talking about just that, teaching challenges and common dilemmas that you face day to day in your classroom. Last week, we started discussing the question of, does religion belong in the public school classroom? Or maybe, how does religion belong in the public school classroom? And we really, I I wanted to talk about this because so many of you have expressed concerns or questions and said, this is a challenge for you, trying to figure out where your faith belongs in the public school classroom, how to do that legally, what to say, what not to say. And so last week, we really wanted to just talk about um, not the question of what is legal, but more the question of what is right. And whenever I talk about religion in the public schools, I get a couple common objections where people say, no, 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 religion should have nothing to do with the public school. So I really wanted to address those two core objections before we got into any of the details of exactly what is legal and what isn't legal. So if you missed that episode last week, it really provides some great background information. And so you're going to want to go back and catch that one first. But this week, I'm so excited to bring you an interview with Finn Larson, who is the director of Christian Educators Association International. He's worked in public schools as a teacher, as an administrator, and even as a superintendent for many years uh, before um, taking over at CEAI. And as a result, he has a lot of firsthand experience, as well as a lot of knowledge about the issue from dealing with teachers and helping teachers through their organization. He's going to share with us today um, exactly what is legal, what you are and are not allowed to do as a Christian teacher in the public school classroom. Please keep in mind, however, that neither he nor I are legal professionals, so this is in no way intended to replace the advice of a legal professional. So this is not of professional legal advice. Um, If you are in need of legal advice, um, please seek a legal professional for help. So excited to get into this interview. So let's get started. I'm joined today by Finn Larson of Christian Educators Association International. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Can you start by introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit about CEAI? Certainly. Uh, uh, Myself, I was a public school educator for 32 years, Uh, a uh, teacher, a counselor, both at the middle school and the high school, an assistant principal at both the middle school and the high school, a high school principal, and then the last 11 years, I was a public school superintendent and uh, uh, for the last 14 years have been executive director of, uh, of Christian Educators Association. And, and really, my, uh, my, my love for understanding the, uh, uh, what, what is legal under the, the Constitution for public school teachers, Christians that are in the public school, runs very, very deep. I, I, before being part of Christian Educators Association, I had started my own ministry out of our church because I found that many teachers uh, were misinformed and, and, and many Christian teachers believed that they had to leave Jesus at the schoolhouse door. And, and, and so to meet that need, I, I spent a lot of time uh, studying and, and going to seminars and, 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 and really found that there was a lack of information out there. And uh, having come to Christian Educators Association for the last 14 years, uh, I uh, 
have had the opportunity to speak in venues like the National School Board Association, uh, uh, Administrators Association. I have been called in as an expert witness in both both local and federal court and was part of taking a, a case on behalf of teachers all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, so so I, it isn't something I'm just an outsider observer at. <laughs> I, I was actively involved with and, and uh, have a real good understanding. And, and uh, at Christian Educators Association, we're a professional association for Christians who teach mainly in the public schools. And, and so with that, we provide them a lot of information on, on what's legal, what works, what, what do you want to stay away from. And, and many Christians now are having a discomfort being part of the teachers union uh, many of them spending millions of dollars on uh, liberal agendas that violate uh, the biblical worldview. So we're actually an alternative for those that want to come out of the union. We, if they're in a forced union state, we can still help them get out. If they're in a right-to-work state, it's much easier. Uh, but when they join us, they actually get $2 million professional liability insurance. They they get uh, job action protection, which means if if they have a problem with their district, they can get a local attorney to represent them, and it's paid for through an insurance policy. So uh, they, they get the protection that many want from the union without spending thousands upon thousands of dollars on, on things that, uh, that that violate their their religious conscience. That's awesome. And um, we're going to put more inf- a link to your website so people can get more information in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash religion is what will be the notes for this um, episode. So, you know, many, as you were saying, there's so many school teachers that are under the impression that religion just is completely taboo. It cannot and should not be brought up at all. But what you're saying is that's not quite the case, is it? It's it's not the case. Uh, and, and, and- the reason it, it doesn't even differ from state to state is the fact that it's it's the First Amendment that that guarantees us freedom of religion. And and if, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to jump back a little bit uh, early on uh, in this nation just to get a feel for how we got to where we are today. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, and let's go back to 1789. Uh, the, our forefathers, the, the politicians of those times, They had already written the Constitution, and they decided it was time for a post-Constitution educational law. And and, uh, what they said in this educational law is that public education in these United States must always have three components. And, And it might be shocking what those three components are, religion, morality, and knowledge. And, and we, don't, we don't have time to, to go into the, all their individual statements, but this was the general belief at the time that, that religion was an important part of public school because morality was built on religion. And so if we ever removed religion from our schools, they believed that morality would soon tumble and, and we would only have knowledge left. And they believed, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, that knowledge without religion and morality was dangerous. Hmm. Uh, in fact, Noah Webster uh, actually said that just focusing uh, on science and the arts and ignoring religious principles is a defective way to run an educational system that would prepare its people for citizenship in this new nation. So, I mean, th- th- this this ran deep, and, and this wasn't just back in the 1700s. I mean, uh, un- uh, we could actually trace these three pillars all the way up through the 50s. I mean, this this was the normative 
in 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 schools and even uh, the Supreme Court. I think they had a great ruling. Now, I, I'm not trying to tell you they would rule that today, but let's just go a hundred years beyond this first federal law. In 1892, the U.S. Supreme Court heard a case because there were some Jewish businessmen who were being forced to close their stores on Sunday. And they felt that would be unconstitutional because they weren't Christian. Sunday wasn't their Sabbath. And in that ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court said, our laws and our institutions must necessarily be based upon the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. And in this sense and to this extent, our civilization and our institutions are talking about our public institutions are emphatically Christian. So I'm going to just interrupt you for one second. So what you're saying is for these first, you know, we're tracing it up 100 years. The founders, when they wrote that First Amendment, they weren't intending to say, we don't want religion in the public schools. That's not what they originally meant. Exactly. They mandated it be there. They, they, they said that was the measuring stick. We want to find religion. We want to find morality. And we want to find knowledge, that, that trinity, if you will, in our, in our public schools. But, but it, uh, and, and under that... Uh, uh, philosophy, if you will. I mean, our public schools soared. If you think, if you just go, you don't have to go back too far, but we were the envy of the world. If you wanted a great education, where did you come? You, you came to the United States. We were first in math, first in science. Uh, I, I mean, we, we, we did so well. But then in the 60s, there was a challenge to that. And, and uh, there was a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that said that public schools must be secular. Public schools must be secular. And, and uh, since then, uh, religion could not be practiced in public school. And I'm going to talk about what that means. But, but uh, it, it had to be secular. And, and, and that's where many misunderstood and thought that means, oh, so, so I, can't, I can't even bring my own faith into play here. And that's really not true. But let, let's let's look at that at the Constitution for a minute, if we could. That sure. First Amendment. Uh, it, it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Now, now, what 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 our government was saying early on when that was written, they didn't want the government to in, intrude at all in religion. It wasn't to keep religion out of government. It was to keep government out of religion. Right. Now that's changed a little bit since the ruling in the '60s. Uh, if, if we want to translate that for what this means to a public school teacher, it basically means that teachers, and that they are the government, this is what the courts have decided, teachers are the government because they, they are supported by tax dollars. So a, a public school teacher cannot establish a religion. Okay. Not establish a religion. And, and, and let's understand what that means. That, that means, uh, for instance... If a religious practice is having an altar call <laughs> and, and, and a baptism and maybe serving communion, you, you can't do that, right? Right, because that, that, be that would be establishing. Exactly. And if, if there was a problem in the classroom, you couldn't stop what you were teaching, lay hands on the students and pray for a student in Jesus' name. That would be establishing a religion. Okay. So, 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 so if you're going to practice the religion uh, uh, what we would consider uh, ceremonially, and that, that's uh, hey, that's Christian, or, or or that's Muslim, or that's Buddhist. You 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 can't do that. I mean, the, the courts are real clear on that. 
And and the second part of that, I'm going to explain a little bit more, says, says that you also can't prohibit the free expression of religion. Now, the government, the teacher, can't establish a religion, but they can't do anything to inhibit the expression of religion. So if you have a student in class who feels it's their obligation to the Lord to sh openly share their faith through their assignments or just in discussion or or, or whatever, it, it would violate the, the Constitution as our courts are interpreting it today for, for a teacher to stop the student from expressing that. And and we run, we get calls on a regular basis from parents that said, my, my student was set, told he, he couldn't have a Bible on the playground or, or he was told he couldn't report on Jesus as the most important person in history. That would violate the First Amendment. Uh, but but teachers now, if it, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. I, I, I um, the, one of the scriptures that that just uh, is sort of a life scripture for me is Ephesians four twenty nine, that says, "Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to all those who hear." That's a biblical principle. That's not, if you live that out, that's not establishing a religion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if a teacher, for instance, went to a teacher's lounge and, and only spoke things that built people up, they would be practicing their religion, if you will, uh, Ephesians 4, 29, but it wouldn't be establishing a religion. So, so when I, what I found, I came to faith while I was a, a public school counselor and, uh, it occurred to me that my training as a counselor violated biblical principles. So I just lined up my what I understood as biblical principles as how I counseled children. For instance, I treated them as if they were created in the image of God. I told them that they had endless potential. See, that, that's not establishing a religion. But, but very quickly, students would say to me, both as a counselor, a teacher, and a principal, what is it that's different about you? You, 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 you? I don't understand why you're so why you treat me with all this respect. And then I say, well, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, get this. Here, here's what else the First Amendment says. The First Amendment establishes freedom of speech. And, and the courts have said with, without hesitation that if a teacher, a public employee is asked a question about their personal faith, they can share it. So if it, let me let me clarify that. So if a student comes and asks you, you know, why do you think this? Why do you do this? And it's it relates to what you believe. You are allowed to share that with them, without a doubt. Now you you can't say, and you better believe it too. Right. Now you establish religion, <laughs> but 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 if you think about biblical principles, they are so opposite of our culture. Mm -hmm. uh, others are more important than you. You, you should have the same level of grace towards others that Christ has towards you. I mean, if you take all those things and live those out in the public school, you will shine like a star, wouldn't you? Yes. Uh, and, and so that's that's how you can bring Jesus in. And, and, and those of us that believe we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is now in our classroom. Mm -hmm. And and we we can we can pray about our students. Uh, a lot of the teachers in in our organization will go in before school, lay hands on every desk, and pray. When I was a, a high school principal, I anointed oil over every doorway in the high school that I was principal of. 
not during the school while everyone was there. That might <laughs> establish a religion or that I was flaky. But 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 my my point is my power of prayer existed. My uh, the the way I lived reflected my faith. Uh, so so you can you can have a phenomenal impact. You just can't establish a religion. I I, I just tell you a little story. I, I was a high school principal and my my first week. Uh, one of the teachers came running down and said, oh, i got to talk to you. I've really messed up. And, and I said, well, what happened? He said, after school, a student asked me if I believed there was a God. And I told him, yes, I violated separation of church and state. <laughs> and I had to explain to him, no, you didn't. You, you, all you did was, was exercise your freedom of speech. He asked you a question, and you answered it. You, you could even tell him the name of that God if you wanted to. Uh, the, the point is... He, he had thought that separation of church and state meant that anything religious, anything to do with your faith was banned from the public school. Not at all. That the only thing that a public school teacher or any employee in the public school has to realize is they are the government. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, you know, you can teach about religion. You can teach about religious holidays. And, and, and you know what will happen. Kids will say, well, here's what we did for Christmas, for instance, and 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 then the te- then somebody's going to ask the teacher, "What did you do, and why did you do it?" And, and and so you can share all those things. You just can't preach. You can't ha- have the obvious things. Uh, you know, if you if you are a Christian educator in a uh, Christian school, which is great, a, a valid expression of education. Uh, you 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 can pray for kids. You can teach them doctrine. Uh, they go to that school that's uh, and and you can establish a religion in that classroom, but but that's what you can't do in the public school. You, you can have influence of, of your faith. You can have influence of your religion. Uh, you 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 can uh, if you live out biblical principles, uh, it can it can be transformational. And uh, we know that God can change the course of mighty rivers if if if. if Christian educators will pray regularly for the schools. I, I mean, we can see transformation that uh, we, we couldn't even imagine. So so Christian educators right now that are thinking, you know, I've been wanting to, like, kind of bring my faith in the classroom. I just haven't known how. We've, one of the main things we've been saying is pray. Pray for your students. Pray for your school. Another thing we've said is um, you can present you – know, you, when students ask you – you, you can share as long as you're not trying to convert them, as long as you're just sharing in an academic way or just sharing your personal experience. So teachers can actually create situations where they're – I bet the students is going to ask me about this. So you can actually be a little bit smart about that and, and create situations where those topics will naturally come up. Am I understanding that right? A hundred percent. And think about this. Many schools have Christian clubs that that are student-led but need teacher advisors. I, I, I mean, that's a great thing to teach those kids the things they can bring up in class because there are no restrictions on students. Right. And inhibit the expression of religion as a government agent. And, and, and so together, there are phenomenal things you, you can do. You just need to be to be ready in, in season and out of season, if you will. Uh, I, I am convinced. I, I mean, I, I, I look forward to a great revival in this nation. And, and I, I, I've had dreams and visions of it happening in our schools. Could you, could you imagine classroom after classroom, kids coming to Christ, uh, other kids leading them, and the teacher just being there in support of them? 
and, and that impacting the homes and, and the businesses and the communities, maybe even the churches. <laughs> but that, yes. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. And, and that's something that sometimes we think that, oh, it's not going to happen. But God's done it before. And, and certainly in his grace, he could do it again. That would be incredible. Exactly. And, you know, another perfect example is see what the poll that uh, I know a lot of schools, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, well, students will meet at the poll and pray. Uh, as, as a teacher, as a counselor, as a principal, and a superintendent, I was always out by that poll. Now, I, I didn't lead the prayer. Because that would be establishing a religion, and and that's a student-led ministry, and and so, but but just being out there, taking the position of prayer, encouraging them, can make all the difference in the world. You just can't lead it. Right, right. But you can you can be there in support or a supervision. Awesome. Exactly. I, I like to think of it as crowd control. You know, those kids <laughs> praying can just get out of control. Of course. <laughs> now. When I was reading some of the literature on your website, um, it sounds like it's also sometimes appropriate to bring religion into curriculum if you do it the right way. Can you talk about some examples of how this could be appropriate, maybe literature or history? Sure. Well, let, let's just talk about the Bible. The, the, uh, there are thousands of high schools across the nation, public high schools, that teach a Bible course. And, and, and they look at Bible as literature, as, as uh, pieces of history, or, or sometimes it's studied as how did, how did the Bible impact our culture, arts, music, all those kind of things. The, the only thing you can't do in the public school with the Bible, I'll use the Bible as the example, is you, I happen to believe that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of God. Mm-hmm. That would be establishing a religion. Okay. Now. Will there be students in the class that believe that or 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 students that will say, well, uh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Teacher, what do you think about this verse? What, what does that mean for your life? Oh, well, in, in my household, this is this is what we practice. And it's because of that scripture. You haven't violated it. If you haven't established a religion, you, you have just been willing to be open, to be vulnerable and to be willing to, to, to share the truth. And, it, and, and almost any subject you teach, I can't think of math right now, except maybe in story problems, but, <laughs> but if you look at, I was an English teacher. Oh, my goodness. There are all kinds of religious, religious allusions in, in all kinds of, of literature. In, in fact, a few years ago, Time magazine said that a person could not have what they consider a liberal education unless they had Bible knowledge. Because mm-hmm. literature talks about, oh, he was a prodigal son. What does that mean if you if you haven't read the Bible or or, or he thought he could walk on water? What what, what how, you know uh, that allusion to Jesus? Uh, uh, lit, good literature refers to the Bible all the time. Uh, if you teach history, I mean, what we just talked about about our our forefathers' intent. Uh, I, I love to see Christians in teaching history because, quite frankly, history has been uh, changed and adjusted in some of our secular textbooks where they'll say that our forefathers were deists and, and, and whatever. But if you look at their original writings, thing, not things that were said about them, but things they said, they were clearly devoted Christians, some of them more devoted that, than the Christians we find in our churches today. Uh, but what, what a beautiful thing for a teacher to be able to share. Again, that's teaching about religion. That's right. not, not trying to convert someone. Exactly. Right. And uh, 
I'll, I'll give you an example. When, <laughs> when I was a high school principal, one of the jobs I saved for myself was putting a, a weekly little saying out on the, the sign in front of our high school. You know, m- most have these little billboard things with signs on them. And, and I, I would take little proverbs, you know, two or three word proverbs about wisdom and knowledge and, and put it out there. And Christians would recognize it right away. And uh, non-Christians would just think, man, that's great wisdom. And I, I remember being at a, at a community meeting and one of the parents said, where do you get those sayings that you put out on those signs? And I said, oh, well, those are proverbs. And, and that's as far as I went. She said, man, those Chinese are something, aren't they? <laughs> My point being that, that we don't always have to point out the addresses of the scriptures mm-hmm. we share, but, but it, it, it doesn't come back void. We know that. Right. And, uh, but Christians can make a phenomenal difference in our public schools, both uh, students and, and employees. It's just important to know where the lines are because there are some lines. So let's say a teacher, you know, is listening to this and they say they're thinking, oh, man, I'm teaching this literature lesson next next week. This this would tie in so well. And they say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to keep it academic. I'm not going to you know, I'm just going to talk about it in an academic way. But they're thinking in the back of their mind, like I'm I'm 99 percent sure there's that parent is going to go complain to my administrator and like they're going to come to me. Like, like, how do you deal with that? That, that That's real good. I I. Uh... What you're really talking about is will fear stop us from moving forward? And, and uh, uh, b- bottom line, teachers have academic freedom. They, they do need to teach what the curriculum says, and, and they need to use the resources that, that the, the, the board adopts. But clearly, you can go beyond curriculum, and, and a good teacher goes beyond curriculum, and that, right. that's, a per- that's a perfect example. Does it mean you'll not get complaints? It really doesn't mean that. You just have to have, when you get called on the carpet, you just give an educational reason for it uh, because that's that's what teachers are. They're, they're educators. Uh, if you never want a complaint, uh, you pr- probably avoid that stuff. But, but I'll tell you, when I realized that I was a full-time missionary sent to a foreign culture in the public school, it changed my attitude like I could not believe, because I when I when I came to a point that oh, not, uh, is that gonna is that gonna cause a problem, I I I just thought of what's gonna happen on the last day when okay. we see Jesus eyeball to eyeball, and I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant. I I, I don't want to even get clear close to anything that would equate to denying him. Right. Uh, but, you know, clearly there is, a in some schools, an adversarial attitude uh, towards Christianity. And I, I, I ran into those on occasion. In fact, as superintendent, I had somebody run for the board on a platform I didn't learn till later, which was to get rid of the Christian influence and start with the superintendent. I was very honest and open about my faith. And, and there were some unbelievable battles. And, and it... it <laughs> But, but ultimately what happened, and this is what is so powerful, we have to remember that public schools belong to Christians also. And, and I did not proclaim this guy was setting me up. I, I, what I did is I got a team of men at our church to pray for him and, because that's the biblical principle. It's not to beat up authority. It's to submit to authority even when it's unreasonable, but to pray for, for your enemies. He was clearly my enemy. And, and uh, 
what happened is information got to the area churches uh, and they ran people for the board. And uh, pretty soon I had a, a five member board, four of whom were Christian and this guy. And uh, rather than firing me, they extended my contract for five years. <laughs> so uh, was I doing anything illegal? No, I, I really wasn't. It, I give an example of something that worked very well for me. Certainly you couldn't do that in all communities. But my, my district was a was a large rural district with a church on every corner, and 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 many of the churches were one pastor. So I called all the pastors together and said, "Hey, I don't work on Sundays, so if you need somebody to cover your pulpit, feel free to ask." So I I ended up preaching in every single church in our district. Uh, the church bulletin introduced me as Finn Larson, the superintendent of schools, but. Uh, one of the things that the Constitution is very clear on is is that the government can't establish a religion, but individuals can. Mm -hmm. And on Sunday, when I am not on clock as a superintendent of schools, I, I could do anything I want. This, the same is true with teachers. If, if some of their kids from school end up at their churches, they don't need to hold back and say, oh, now I'm the teacher. No, no, you're a teacher Monday morning. And Friday afternoon, you're not a teacher Saturday when you're ministering at your church or Sunday when you're ministering at your church or or when you're active in your church youth group. Uh, another great example is, is good news clubs. Uh, they're usually done at the elementary school where uh, a community group comes in and uses school space. And, and basically, it, it's like vacation Bible school, if you will, but it's it's usually one hour a week. Uh, after school, and more and more of those are being uh, taught by teachers. How can they do that? Well, it's, it's been all the way through the courts. The way they can do it is when they punch out, when their workday is done, they're no longer a teacher, then they go down the hall and they, and they teach the gospel. And they become a volunteer. <laughs> they're a, exactly. They're a community volunteer. Uh, so, so there, and there's so, like I said, so many ways, uh, and uh, one of the things I, I, I would offer your listeners, if, if they ever go to our website, CEAI.org, and they go to uh, uh, under resources, there's a, a, a legal section, and they can go in there and ask an attorney anything about religious freedoms in a public school. And, and it will actually go to a team of attorneys who will analyze that question and email them back. No cost. Uh, it, it's it's a way that we serve the body of Christ. There there are also uh, we we have we we believe that we need a Christian educators movement in this nation, and your minister I believe is part of that. But we also have uh, I told you about the liability and the legal services and all those things. There's a fee for that membership, but if somebody does not feel they need that or want that, can join the movement absolutely free and, and get our newsletter. Our, 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 uh, all of our resources have access to that. Keep up to date on what's happening in the news from a, a, a religious perspective. Uh, bottom line, I believe we have an army. Most of them are already in place throughout throughout our schools. We just need to activate them. Some have <laughs> have fallen asleep, or or maybe been overcome with fear, or or been miseducated. Uh, there, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there, and and. Uh, uh, we, we just need to set them straight that, that schools are not God-free zones. Uh, for students, they're totally unleashed. For government employees, 
you, you just need to uh, not establish a religion. That's awesome and so helpful. And we're going to link to those resources. Once again, if you go to teachfortheheart.com slash religion, we'll link, we'll link to the Ask an Attorney. And we'll link to, I think it was going in and out there for a second, but he, I, what, he, what he was telling us was that there is a free newsletter. Did I understand that right? That people can join and be a part of? Right. If you sign up for the movement, the Christian okay. Educators Movement, sign it's, up for it's the absolutely movement. free. Then you'll get our newsletter and all of our information. And we'll absolutely link to that as well. So um, it sounds like what, what it really comes down to, we talked about praying, we talked about, you know, just being able to answer questions. And then we talked about um, just being willing, you know, those complaints may come, but, you know, are you willing, if you know you're within your legal rights and you're doing what God has called you to do, and like you said, we're not doing anything re- illegal, we're doing it within within what is allowed, um, then maybe we just need to be willing to, to, to go there and be willing to just explain you know, why, why we're doing what we're doing, the academic reason and, um, the rights know our own rights so that we can then share them. Because I'm guessing there's even administrators out there that don't understand this, that don't realize the rights that the teachers do have in their school. Without, without a doubt, many administrators shut down these kind of things thinking they're doing the right thing. Uh, and can I, can I just mention something else too? I, I think it's very important to know your rights, but, but also important to be sensitive Sometimes you don't demand them. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, can I give you an example? Sure, yes, please. Uh, I, I was an assistant principal at a middle school, and one of the teachers who knew I was a Christian asked if they could come down during their lunch hour, hour, that's a joke, during their lunch 20 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and and if I could pray with her. And, and, you know, even assistant principals are allowed to take a lunch break. And, and I should say, too, that the limitations that you have on students are not there for fellow staff members. They are equals. Therefore, you can be very open about your faith. You can proselytize staff members as long as if they tell you to back off, you back off. Okay. But, right. it's harassment. But, but there's not those limitations. Your limitations are with the student. But anyway, this teacher came down and we prayed. And, and, and my life as an assistant principal was from before school to after school, nonstop discipline issues, phone calls, people at the door. For our 20 minutes together, no phone calls. No, no one at the door. So I knew it was a God thing. Well, after uh, uh, school, the principal called me over, told me to shut the door. And he, he said, uh, is it true you uh, prayed with so-and-so today? He had gone into my mailbox and seen the note from her. And I said, yeah. And he, he gave me that directive finger and said, don't you ever pray with a staff member again. They'll think we're a cult. And I said, well, and I was, you know, I was just about to, to get angry. And, and wouldn't it be just God's timing that that this was a Friday, that Saturday, I was teaching our youth group on submission to authority. Hmm. And so so I, I told them that, you know, I would submit to his authority, but I explained that, that this was a, a God kind of thing. Nothing that I manipulated, but it was a God kind of thing. And if I run into that again, since I'm submitting to you and, it's a, and it is a God thing, would you be accountable to God? <laughs> And, 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 you know, he got a little pale and, and then he said, well, next time lock the door. And I said, okay. But, but my, my point is I, I submitted, but, but talked it out with him. And six months later, he came over to my office, locked the door and asked me to pray for his wife who was just diagnosed with cancer. My point being, had I demanded my rights and, and, you know, got my attorney and beat him up and, 
that relationship could not have developed. And, and, and so even those that are outside the faith and, and those that are adversarial to the faith, uh, we're given, I think, a, a special admonition through Scripture to love our enemies and, and, and not, not to necessarily be adversarial. Now, you know, <laughs> I could give you a lot of stories where, you know, we've ended up in federal court or, or, or had the fights, if you will. But, but I, I think that that's why it's so important to be prayed up, to, to really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and, and, and at times take it and, and get an advantage for later on. Uh, uh, and that's why it's good to have a prayer group on your campus, to, teachers that, uh, that uh, can pray together, and you can run some of these things by your peers. In fact, we have a, a, a downloadable free Bible study. Uh, called Shine Like Stars that could be downloaded from our website that is a actual Bible study on how to legally live out your faith in the public school. That would be a great way to get a group of teachers together and just go over it lesson by lesson. That's awesome. And we'll definitely link to that as well. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we can do this again sometime because um, we just hardly scratched the surface even of this topic. Thank you, and and keep making a difference. I hope you found this as encouraging and helpful as I did. And my biggest prayer is that those of you that are in the public school would just um, kind of really just think about, you know, what are the ways that I can naturally bring up this topic, naturally um, share um, some of these truths in the right way where I'm not trying to convert, but I am opening the doors and and allowing students um, to start to think about some of these key truths that are are vital and are what they um, truly need in their lives. As I said, um, uh, CEAI has offered so many resources for for us. I'm going to link to all of those at teachfortheheart.com slash religion. So you can go over there and check all of that out. Let's pause just a moment, and I want to pray for you guys as we um, conclude this podcast. Thank you, Lord, so much just for this chance to talk with Finn and to get this knowledge. And I pray that you will give these teachers a spirit of wisdom to know what to say and when to say that. Give them boldness in the right way, but also a spirit of humility. And above all, help them to listen to your spirit, to speak when you want them to speak, and to stay quiet when you would have them to stay quiet. Lord, help us learn to rely and to depend on you. And above all, work in our students' lives. Draw them to yourself and um, just help us to do um, what you would have us to do each day in the classroom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for being here. I really hope you'll check out CEAAI. And I forgot to tell you, there's one other resource um, that Finn mentioned to me after we got off the phone here for our interview. And that was they have a special weekend project, uh, typically in late winter and early spring. It's in a few different parts of the country. It's called the Daniel Project. And what it is, is it's an entire weekend where you come aside and discuss with other teachers exactly um, how you can be a um a witness and a testimony in the public school system. It sounds like a tremendous weekend, something I'm definitely interested in checking out. And I think a lot of you might be too. Um, If you're interested, um, you can find out more. Once again, I'll link link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash religion. Just scroll down to the bottom of the post and have links to everything there. But I hope that you'll check that out and some of you um, will look into participating in that.
Hope you'll be back next week when we're going to cover some more teacher challenges. This one's a little bit lighter, but if you've had trouble with this, you know how uh, frustrating it can be. And that is what to do when you're losing your voice as a teacher. This is something I struggled with um, for um, over a year. I'm going to share some of the insights I learned in how to keep your voice and to not lose it as a teacher. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, before we go, can I encourage you to share this particular podcast episode um, or the link, uh, the blog post at teachfortheheart.com slash religion with another public school teacher um, that you know. I'd really like uh, as many people as possible to just find out um, the truth about um, what how, how religion does belong in the public school and exactly the right way to do that. Hope to see you next week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.